With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Super excited to be with you right now. And uh, we've been talking about the genius of the American Republic. What made America so unique in the world? And in fact, we talked about it being a Christian nation. Now, some people, very prominent people have said, you know, maybe we were a Christian nation, but we're no longer a Christian nation. No, that, because that person misunderstands what it means when the founders called this a Christian nation. It's because of the form of government that this American Republic adopted. It doesn't mean that everybody in the country is a Christian, clearly. Not even when the, when the country was founded was everyone a Christian. The majority of them were. They understood the value and they, 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 they loved Christianity like you love air, like I love water. Because it's our life. And Jesus came to bring life to everybody. All races, all backgrounds, all, all, all uh, socioeconomic categories. But what makes America a Christian nation? It wasn't just the faith of the, of the founding fathers or our forefathers. What, why are we calling this a Christian nation? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Genius idea number one. We are not a democracy. We are a very unique republic here in America. I'm going to explain what that means. So, again, we're looking in the, uh, the American Covenant book. I've got my version. The, uh, this is the big uh, hardback, which uh, it's kind of cool that I have this right now. But, but listen to this. Some people would say, well, you know, we have a separation of church and state, and so there really shouldn't be a, a qualification that this is a Christian nation because we have Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and atheists and agnostics and, and, and everybody else here. Granted, understood. But what you need to understand is what our founders understood is that every nation has a religion at the very core of its government. Its source of law tells you who their God is. So whether you're talking about a Muslim nation or a Hindu nation, or you're talking about an atheistic Marxist nation, there is an ultimate authority, a God figure at the center, which is the source of the laws of that nation. So Obviously, a Muslim nation, you're talking about the God of the Islamic religion. But if you're talking about an atheistic Marxist uh, nation, and our founders understood exactly what that was all about, they understood that law flowed from the ultimate dictates of man. Man is at the center of an atheistic nation, and he himself, either one man like a king or an emperor or a czar or a shogun or a warlord, is that ultimate authority or the God of that nation, or it's a collective man. There's an elite group, a, an oligarchy, a, a, a party at the top that dictates everything and that forms the God figure of that nation, and that's the source of your law. In America, they said no, because, because that kind of power in one person or an elite group corrupts people, and they knew that very well. And so not only did they know that, but they were completely opposed to the idea of having an, a, a secular state or, or an atheistic religion because they saw what was going on in France. They saw the, the French Revolution end in the guillotine. 
The French Revolution was extremely different than the War of Independence in America. One led to liberty, the other led to death. And so they didn't want that. No atheistic form of government in America, they said. It was founded on the Christian view of man and government, which is the Bible's view of man and government. So here's the genius idea number one of the Constitution. The principle of representation. So again, this was a new phenomenon in the world. The American representative government had not been tried, had certainly not been in force in any nation since the ancient Hebrew Republic under the government of Moses. And some people say, no, that wasn't a republic. No, it wasn't once they got a king. But before that, before they said they want a king, which was the downfall of their form of government, they had a republic. And that republic was unique. It was, it was, it was laid out by God. But this was what was amazing in America. Not only did they want to emulate the form of government that God had laid out in the Old Testament, they, the stage needed to be set providentially in America for them to be able to handle this kind of freedom and government. So check this out. And God made all of this happen because he's the blessed controller of all things. First, the stage had to be set. The Bible had to be put into the hands of men and women. If they didn't have the Bible, they wouldn't understand this. Number one, it gave them the desire for freedom because the Bible talks about freedom. Jesus came to set the captives free. Secondly, it gave them the ability to self-govern. Without the ability to self-govern, you can't handle that kind of, 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 of freedom and power. You can't put a little kid into the driver's seat of a Ferrari. It's too much power. You can't put a toddler uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a chair with, with, a, with a, a gun in his hand. He doesn't have the ability to self-govern yet and the discipline, but they had the Bible. God made sure of that so that they had both the desire and the ability to self-govern. And they needed a land separated from the tyrant kings. And that's what they got in North America. The early Americans got a piece of land that was set aside from the, 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 the monarchy that corrupted them, the tyrants. And they were separated with this land from the religious criticism of the so-called enlightenment. Uh, the enlightenment was really not enlightening. It was really going backwards. But they had a land that needed to be given to them so that they could try this experiment. And thirdly, they needed to share a biblical worldview of man and government. They had to agree philosophically in their minds that this is the best way to form a government for a nation to produce liberty and blessing. And they had all three by the time they came to form the American Republic, which is amazing. They said, no dictator, no Fuhrer, no king, no emperor. Why? Because they understood that if you give a guy too much power, he'll corrupt not only the people, he himself will be poisoned by the power. That's what every Marvel movie is about. That's what every DC comic book is about, right? It's got the greedy guy who ends up getting the machine, the thing, and it, and like, it gives him power over the whole city. Power over all the people, mind game power, or, or it's some sort of something that people are infected with, and he can control everything, and he's always the evil guy, and he himself has been corrupted by the lust of this power. 
our founding fathers understood that. It's a classic theme in, in, in movies. You can't give one guy good power. Lord Acton said it beautifully. He said, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We understand that. And so what they said is, no king, no fuhrer, no dictator, no bad guy in the Marvel movies is going to be uh, leading America. Instead, we're going to spread the power out to, to the people. But they also say, well, wait a minute, we can't just like make this like mob rule, like everybody gets power and whatever the majority says goes because the majority sometimes can be dead wrong. And often they are because they too have a sinful nature. How do they know this? How did they know this? The world had been, had been ruled by kings and queens. How did they know not to go that way? Because they read the Bible and they understood the sinful nature of man. The Bible says the heart is wicked above all things and, and, um, and, and sick selfish, prideful. And so they knew not to give too much power to one man or a corporate man in an elite group. And this flew in the face of the French revolutionary philosopher Rousseau, who said that man is naturally good and able to perfect himself. If you just allow man to perfect himself, he will become good and make the right decisions. They said, no. How did they know that? Because they read the Bible. See, if you don't understand that, you don't understand why we have the form of government that we do with all the checks and the balances and the three branches of government and the Constitution being the rule that even the, that even the president has to obey. No, no, they said, no, Fran- no, no, Frenchy Rousseau, his ideas are bad, leading to bad, bad things, guillotines, tyranny. And instead, they said, we're going to go with what Moses did. Moses was told in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, by his father-in-law, Jethro, Moses, this is too much of a job for you to rule all the people all by yourself. You need to appoint representatives to be judges and leaders of Israel, and they're going to be elected by the people, and they're going to choose people of character to represent groups of fifties and hundreds and thousands. This is like your and my... um, our our representatives in in the House of Representatives and our senators. This is where they got the idea out of the Old Testament with Moses in the ancient Hebrew Republic and in the New Testament in, uh, we have this in, uh, uh, let's see, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. We have the instructions for how to choose church government officials and it's by electing men of faith and character to represent the people. And they took that model and said, if that's what God did, then that's what we ought to do. And that's how we have a representative form of government in the United States of America. They understood this. Now, why do we call it a republic? Well, America is technically not a nation like other nations or a kingdom like you might find in other places around the world, but a republic, which is about public affairs. That's what that means in Noah Webster's dictionary, public affairs. It is not a democracy. You know what a democracy is? A democracy is everybody gets to vote and then whatever the majority of the vote says goes. But that's like, here it is. Here's the phrase of the night. A democracy is like two wolves and a sheep deciding what to have for dinner. Think about it. What's for dinner? The sheep. Okay, that, that's, that's not a good deal if you're the sheep. Okay, so majority rules in that scenario Bad deal for the sheep, for the minority. 
That's not fair. You've trampled on the sheep's individual rights simply because the majority said, you, let's have sheep for dinner. And so we're not a democracy, which is essentially mob rule. The founders understood that. What we are is a constitutional republic. We are not only a constitutional republic, we are a Christian constitutional representative republic. That is what our founders understood. A government that is of the people, for the people, by the people, and we have a constitutional law that rules over everyone, even the president and the judges and the lawmakers. Nobody is above the law. Representative, those making the law are actually elected by us because of their character and they're to represent our individual rights and freedoms and protect them with good laws. This is the kind of government we have in America. It's what makes it so genius. It makes it so unique in all of the world. It's what is the source of our freedom and what animates the whole form of government and the letter of the law is the spirit of God giving you a love for him and wanting to honor him in everything that you do and honor his ways and do your part to love your neighbor and bring heaven to earth. That's revival. Without revival, it doesn't work. I love talking with you guys. I love this. And the only reason I know this is not because I'm, I'm not a historian. I'm not a college professor. That's probably obvious to you, but I'm studying enough so I can share it with you. And that's how I'm learning it. And if you study it, you're going to learn it too. You probably have already seen that. If you got to teach something at school or at church, you study it so that you know it well enough to teach others. That's how I am learning this stuff. And I'm learning it out of the American Covenant, the untold story. Just get them at my website. Go to kirkcameron.com. I put the link on the, uh, the post here. And you can go there and order as many as you want. Uh, I can't wait to get them into your hands. Great gifts for other people. Give one to your pastor. Use it in your small group. Appreciate and love you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.